In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is risen. We come to the one of the last Sundays of this lead-up to Pentecost, this time between Pascha and the Ascension, the last Sunday before the Ascension. These Sundays are given to us to illumine the meaning of the great events of Christ's resurrection. That's the reason these specific stories, these events, are told to us. These days are meant to teach us the aspects of the great gift that we were given at baptism on that pinnacle of days for baptism that is Holy Saturday. It's supposed to teach us what that baptism has initiated us into. There are many inner lessons within these Pentecostarian Sundays. But today I want to focus on the role of truth in the accounts of the blind man healed at Siloam. It is the story of spiritual healing occurring by stages. His spiritual healing occurring by stages. Of the fullness of truth revealed not all at once, but by a process. So we begin with blindness. The opening of the spiritual eyes is a process of removing blindness to the truth and becoming ready to know Christ. The disciples and the Pharisees are caught in a quandary over this man's blindness. This is where the lesson begins. They believe that all suffering and all illness must come to a person because of some specific sin. Even the disciples ask our Lord a question that only has two options. They think there are only two answers. Either the parents sinned, causing this man's blindness, or he sinned somehow in the womb. Surely they think that suffering or being poor or falling to illness or some tragedy occurs because of some certain sin that causes this. To their credit, they are seeking some sign of a resolution, but this question has no clear causal answer. Our Lord rather gives us the reason for this man's lack of sight that has nothing to do with those two options. Our Lord says, the works of God might be made manifest in him. This is why this man is blind. It is so that the light of the world may be shown through this man to others. It is not the certain sin that they're looking for that must be identified, but that Jesus Christ be known and shown and given. This is what the blind man healed by Christ in the waters of Siloam tells us. The Pharisees themselves had a deeper spiritual blindness than that of the apostles, than this, and than this former man's physical blindness. They were blind to even the evident fact of the miracle. They were so bound by the legal strictures that they did not care what the truth was or how truly awesome was this miracle. They declare their complete ignorance of God with their accusations and their investigations, being unable to accept the truth. They only look at the law of the Sabbath without knowing its inner meaning. They say, we do not know where Jesus comes from, and he must be a sinner if he makes clay on the Sabbath. The Pharisees cannot accept this miracle as a good thing and choose to love the dark blindness of their own ignorance of God's works shown through this man. They continue in the desires of their small worldly power. They cast out this man from their congregation and cut him off from themselves 
and that act strikes fear in the parents of the man that was healed. And we come to sight. Our Lord did not heal this man simply by a word or just a simple touch, as he has done at other times. What is described by the evangelist John is an echo of the creation of Adam in the garden. It is the act of making new the man born without eyes to see. Jesus Christ, just as he did in the making of the new creation in the garden, now he makes this man new. Christ bends to the ground, takes up some dust of the earth, adds in a portion of himself, his spittle. He forms clay and places it in the blind man's eye socket. As we heard in Orthros, that many of the fathers think he had no eyes at all. Not that he was blind, but that somehow he was born with empty eye sockets. And then he tells him this, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. How strange a scene this is, to be sure. It could even be read as insulting to the man. Not only is he blind, but now he's dirty as well. He didn't ask for this, but the man, Jesus Christ, has now acted. And this man does, but now he acts for what he is asked to do. The man goes and washes in the pool of Siloam as he was commanded. And this man not only receives eyes to see, but he becomes an entirely new creation. This newly healed man is himself, but he is made new. So much so that his neighbors, the Pharisees, and even his parents seem to struggle to recognize this man. A man that they've seen begging probably for a long, long time. And truly, he is new. When this event in the gospel begins, this blind man has no voice. Not that he was mute, but that we hear no words from him. He gives no response to a debate about his own sinfulness and what caused his blindness that is happening right in front of him. And clearly, when we enter into this, straight into this story, this debate among the disciples is about him and or his parents and the effects and causes of what his condition is. But we hear that our Lord's response is something different. We hear no words from the blind man, though, even when the clay is smeared into the eye sockets to give him those functioning eyes. We hear no words from him. This man never asked to be healed as other blind men did, nor as like the paralyzed did, nor the relatives of the demon, those who brought the demon possessed for healing, as so many sick, pe sick people did in the New Testament. We hear none of those words from him. We learn a unique lesson here in this miraculous healing. God sees into the depths of our heart, and he knows those who will make the most of the gifts that he gives, that gift of healing, and he gives it. He gives the opportunity. He forms the clay and says, go do this and find healing and be made new. Our weakness becomes the fertile ground to show forth God's glory. From dust, God gave shape to the pinnacle of all creation, our very selves, our very bodies. And he does this in a smaller way today with the blind man. He made creation who can, a creation who can converse with God and care for that cre rest of creation. 
Christ heals us so that we may know him better and worship him in truth. Our Father, by Christ and in the Holy Spirit, the one God in essence and in divine work, continually comes to us making mere dust of the earth and clay and forms us and gives us life. Oh, what a demonstration of that do we have before us today in this gospel reading. This bold man is a new creation. Where he had no voice before, he begins to teach a profound lesson to the Pharisees. No man has ever healed a person that has been born blind, he tells them. This miracle is an act of creation unprecedented in all of scriptures and by all of the prophets. None of them did this. No sinner can create, only God creates from nothing, he tells them. This must be an act of God, and so it must be a good act, one free from sin. He clings to this knowledge that he gained with the healing of his soul as he washed in the pool of Siloam. Not a complete healing just yet, as we'll see. This man, who does not speak until he is on trial, now speaks for the truth that he sees and knows. Having no fear of the consequences, only clinging to truth. And batting away all the contrived lies that try to obscure that simple truth, that he was blind and now he sees. He faces social and religious isolation, yet he has courage and declares the facts of his experience. We'll quote him. One thing I know, whereas I was blind, now I see. He says this in several different ways through the passage. And he declares simply that a man named Jesus healed me. He is a prophet because this granting of sight must be a work of God. Though he doesn't name Jesus, we must remember this but his actions declare that it is Jesus who did this. And the Pharisees know who it is who did it. And he even includes himself among Christ's disciples before ever seeing Jesus in the flesh. He says, do you too want to be his disciples? In a jibe to the Pharisees. He says this to them without fear. This is the simple courage and strength of being made a new creation that is given to us when we are made new. And given to those who have eyes to see that Christ is there. And this is what everyone may do and be led to salvation by, by clinging to that truth God will lead, without thinking of how we might need to know everything. But if we cling to the truths that we do know, God will use that. And this is what the blind man did, or the formerly blind man. We stand our ground bearing witness to the truth and point to the way of discipleship in Jesus Christ. In the end, the man is undefended against the rulers. They reject him and his parents, and they tell, the parents even tell him, fend for yourself. He is cast out, never denying the simple truth that he was made into one who can see when he never did before, by the man they seek to punish. So it's truth that we must cling to. We should pause here and bring out something that's quickly missed in the closing paragraph of this lesson. This man has not really known Jesus fully. He hasn't seen him, and he only knows, only names him as a prophet, and he speaks nothing to support the accusation of sin against Jesus. This is all he has. He does not know Jesus as the Christ yet, but the Pharisees understand the miracles and the implication, and so they throw him out of the synagogue. Christ does not abandon him. Christ comes, and he finds him. But the formerly blind man of Siloam does not yet recognize him 
as his coming Messiah, where he had received physical sight and some boldness for defending the truth by that washing in Siloam. He now receives spiritual sight and is being made, his being made new is perfected. Christ goes and finds this man who clung to the truth and had clear sight and completes his salvation by revealing himself as the son of man, that is, that is, as the expected savior. Where before the man healed at Siloan knew true things, now with Jesus coming and finding him, he is offered the fullness of truth with the words, do you believe in the son of man? And this, by these words, the man responds and desires to know where the Son of Man is, that he could believe in him. Christ says simple words in response. You have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. It is he who stands before you. That's all Christ says. He believes that man healed, and then he bows down and worships him in the fullness of spirit and truth. Here is what I want to draw out. The truth that does not sometimes reveal itself all at once to us. Sometimes it's only given in little bits. But nonetheless, that can lead to our full healing. Our spiritual healing and knowledge of God happens in stages more often than in a sudden and all at once way. This man's physical healing gave him not only eyes, but a voice and boldness to defend the truth that he knew to be true. I was blind and now I see, and this must be a good thing. But he did not know truly the man that healed him. And perhaps he didn't even know Jesus' name or remember the sound of the Lord's voice. But God begins where we were at. Where we are, that is where Christ will come. It is the wrong question to ask who sinned to cause suffering or our inability to see the fullness of God. The right question to ask is, where is God? He will come and he will illumine the darkness. God begins the work where we are at, and the light of the world will be revealed to those willing to see it. It is the light that made this man bold for truth, and clinging to that bare truth, he lived by that light, though he could not go beyond it until he knew its fullness. I am sure he knew Jesus as the Son of Man during he knew Jesus as the Son of Man during that pharisaical trial. He, if he knew that, he would have said so. But God ordained it to be otherwise. And he had courage. Dear ones, do not be shocked if while your eyes are open to the truth, it, that in time a challenge will come to challenge that truth. Be grateful that light is dawning and some may also be illumined in the revelation of that truth. Our response to the world and its challenges is never easy, but it can be simple. I know I am healed and am being healed by God. That's our response to the world. I know I am healed and am still being healed by God. When we cling to that, Christ comes and all the truth is revealed to that person who clings, is the clinger to, to truth. And in time, that will happen. But often, not without that challenge from the outside. So be ready when you know a truth deep within your heart that a challenge will come. This man who did not even ask to seek healing nor respond to the accusations of the cause of his blindness was given the most profound gift possible. 
he saw his Lord and Savior, the Son of God, before him, and he believed in him immediately, as soon as he knew, he said, and recognized the truth. His physical and spiritual sight are now made whole, and he is filled with the light of truth. When you see this light, you worship God, just as he did, knowing what he has taken you from, what he has brought you through, and what he has bestowed to you. Human nature, when made whole, such as this man was made whole, thanks God for his compassion and providence. We know no other way. We just emerges from us. In all aspects of life, Christ's response to the disciples that opened this lesson applies. It is that the works of God might be made manifest in him. And you can replace that with you, with yourself. We must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day, night comes when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And we do this by following the example of that bold man healed at Siloam. We must be bold, yet humble in what we know. And when others are off, when we end offering our worship and thanksgiving to the light of the world and in response to him, we do so with that boldness and with that same humility. What we have today is an event of theological joy, the joy of being made and continually fashioned by God. My brothers and sisters, let us rejoice that Christ seeks us and we have only to accept his light and be healed. He comes to us and fashions the clay with his moisture, the moisture of his mouth and by the word of truth emerging from it and given to us in the placing of the clay to give us sight. All of this we can apply to ourselves. And it is given to us in the baptismal waters, in the chrism. We are given that confidence in him and that this, this work is taking place in us. And then in confession, we are brought again to the fullness of that light of the world within us where darkness cannot stand. Every time we come to confession, that light is shine into that again. And again, we can cling to the truth of light. He who sits in darkness we who sit in darkness are given eyes to see the light, the glory of Christ, by Christ's own hand. What a mystery and what a blessing that is before us. Today, be like that formerly blind man and have that simple trust in the truth given by Christ. And even if some sitting here may not know that it is actually Christ that brought this truth to you, this healing is given. Know today that he is the Son of Man, and the light of the world. He have that boldness to not bow down to the pressures of the rejectors of truth and cling to the goodness that is given and do not choose the blindness by looking past it as the Pharisees did. Do this and God will not abandon you. The Son of God will come to you saying, you have both seen him and it is he that is speaking with you. And what an even greater joy will join to those who have the courage to cling to the truth. And what a divine joy will fill the soul of those who boldly cling. Those that do this are the disciples of truth, know the light, and receive their sight. And Christ will be risen within them. Christ is risen.